Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, welcome to the Transform You Live show, the only place where you can make real life and business transformation, harnessing the power of optimism, hope, and faith. But before we get into today's episode, let's hear from our sponsor. As an Amazon shopper, I'm always looking for good deals. That's why I'm glad that Diller has given us 15% off exclusively for a mini 8-ounce coffee travel mug. Check out this special. It's mini size, perfect for the girls, even safe for the whole entire family because it's made with no toxins, 100% BPA free recyclable materials. Keep your water or coffee 12 hours hot and 24 hours cold. Hey, and if you even on the go, don't worry about leaking because it's leak proof and sweat proof too. Convenient flip top lid and you all good to go. Tell them I sent you over 15% off product purchase link. We have it right in the episode description right here. Hey, your contact person, of course, if you need any support at DillardBottle.com, support at DillardBottle.com is Alice. Tell them that we sent you here. And don't forget to get the old 15% off while supplies last. Hello and welcome to our listeners out there in Cyberworld. We appreciate you joining us here on the Transform You Live show with your host, Paul Greaves. As you know, the Transform You Live show is the only show where you can make real life and business transformation, harnessing the power of optimism, hope, and faith, as well as hearing from amazing people such as our star guest today, Evan Knox. So let me introduce Evan to our wonderful listeners out there. Evan is the founder of Caffeine Marketing and is a small business investor. Caffeine Marketing makes profitable marketing easy for small companies. And as an investor, Evan helps small companies double and sometimes even triple their bottom line. Evan, welcome to the Transform You live show. Hey, what's up, Paul? I appreciate you having me here today. No, not a problem. You know, we're really privileged having you on, on our show today and uh, can't wait for you to give out some amazing information and guidance to our listeners out there. So, uh, Evan, how's your day today? Are you well? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, went on a run this morning. Um, it's really hot here in Atlanta, but I don't really mind. <laughs> you know, we've got a pool we can go to, so I'll probably do that after uh, work today. Just go hang out with my wife by the pool or whatever. So. Uh, it sounds amazing. And uh, yeah, what well, a great thing to do after a hot run is to dive straight into a cool pool. So, so yeah, I'm certain. Yeah, I'm yeah, really jealous about that. <laughs> right. So, Evan, um, you know, before we start talking about your amazing professional achievements and everything you've, you've um, succeeded with over the last um, few years, can you tell us about your transformational journey and, you know, wh- where, where do you come from? What's your background? Yeah. So I, you know, I feel like I'm super fortunate, um, you know, to first off be born in America, which is great, but I grew up in a suburb of Atlanta and a fairly affluent area. And my dad was a business owner. My grandfather was a business owner. Um, so was my great grandfather, which is crazy. And so that was just kind of normal for me growing up. Um, but unfortunately when I went into high school, my dad started to struggle with a narcotics addiction that he had uh, previous to my parents getting married. And so 
that radically changed um, all of our, my family's life because we pretty much lost everything. Um, my dad was, you know, the sole provider of our family. And it went from, you know, having a house to a lake house and, you know, a car and all, or multiple cars, whatever, to literally having everything foreclosed on. And um, my mom just barely skating by for a long time. And it just, it was really hard and parents got divorced and it was just crazy. So I felt like I've experienced maybe not the extremes of both sides, but like, I feel like I've had a taste of both sides at least a little bit. Um, and so leaving out of high school, uh, long story short, I decided to go do like missions work and I went to Australia and Thailand and then finally back to Colorado or from Georgia. Then I eventually landed in Colorado and then Charlotte. And I finally, you know what, I just decided I, I really loved marketing as part of what I was doing at a nonprofit up there. And my dad, unrelated to the drug stuff, had actually passed away during that season when I was in Charlotte. And I thought, you know what, I can't help him, but I can help other business owners like him. And so that's why I decided to start Caffeine Marketing. Wow, that's that's amazing and thank you for sharing that about your you know your childhood and you know your early years there it's uh wow that's that's a lot to take in so you know first of all you know that's just you know terrible you know about your father passing away and you know that must have been so hard for you to to go go through everything at such a young age so how old were you when you know the house was foreclosed and you lost everything were you were you still at high school then yeah i think i was by the time that we could act, we had had to move out of the house. Um, I had just basically gone through the, I don't know if it's like probation period or whatever for my 16 year old driver's license. So I right. could drive. Um, I remember that, but all before it, it, it wasn't like an overnight thing. You know, it's like eventually things went into collections and then stayed there. And then you're like trying to make the minimum payments for a little while. Um, and the dad just quit going to work, you know what I mean? He just do drugs and not go to work. So, I don't know. I feel like it, it started right when I began high school. My dad eventually goes to jail when I was my senior year. Um, and then he got out literally the day of my graduation. And so he was able to like make it to my graduation. Um, as you can imagine, I feel like I'm talking about it fairly casually, but obviously it was super complex and emotional um, during that whole season. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was super tough. Um, I remember my mom taking me to the dentist and because I had a cavity, I remember crying. And this is before I could drive, so I was probably 15 or 14. Mm -hmm. And crying because I had a cavity because I was worried that my mom couldn't pay, like to you know whatever you know. Wow. Um, and and I'm sure she could. And my mom did a really, I think she did a really good job of not putting the pressure that she felt onto me. She didn't like let that come out sideways. Mm -hmm. But as a 14 or 15 year old, I'm, I'm picking up that there's something on the door. Like I remember <laughs> literally walking in the front door and pulling the notice off the door and being like, mom, what the heck is this? You know? Um, so yeah, it was just a hard season. There was a lot of scarcity mentality that, that burst out of that season. And uh, actually I had to really navigate that internal narrative of like not having enough when I started to grow my company. Cause I was like, how do I, you know, scale and reinvest back in my company if I'm just worried about losing money. So it's interesting for sure. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you know, you've, you've, you've touched on so many kind of powerful points there, you know, he's talking about when your when your dad, you know, got out of jail on your graduation day, you know, the dentist story that is, that's pretty hard hitting, you know, for, a, for, a, you know, a young man to be a dentist worried about whether, you know, you can afford to have, 
you know, the, the, the dental work done, you know, that must have, you know, really impacted you back there. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that you've kind of gone through this and grown and, and used it to, to, to your advantage, which, uh, which, which is really, you know, great for you. And, uh, you know, and I love that you just said that you had to navigate through these and you've, this has helped you in your kind of business success. So go on, Evan, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I think that it, I couldn't articulate this as a teenager, but it was almost deciding that I, an internal or lo, internal or external locus of control is the, is the term. Um, and it basically define you know, you can define it as uh, I'm either going to be a victim to the world around me and just throw my hands up and say, I just can't control anything. It's just everybody else's fault. Um, or I'm going to have an internal locus of control and say, I can't control everything, but I can't control me. And I can control how I respond to the situation. Mm-hmm. And during that season, I just thought, you know what? Like, I really don't want to go down the path that my dad's gone down. Um, and so I'm going to lean into this new Christian faith that I've discovered. And that really carried me through that whole season. Wow. So, so it's kind of like, as you said that we were talking about internal and external kind of um, locus there. And um, so was there one specific point or day you can remember when you thought, no, I'm not going to go down this route. I'm going to go down this route. Or did it kind of just happen over the, over the summer? Um, I think that there was one moment that really stood out and it didn't necessarily have to do with like my choice to like go drink on the weekend or whatever, you know, or go party. It was more like, uh, my dad did not show up to take me to this motocross event that we both like said that we were going to go to been planning it for over a year. Um, and literally just no show wouldn't call me back, nothing. And basically he was just passed out after doing drugs and, I couldn't drive if I remember. I don't know. I could drive, but I couldn't drive any friends. So that probation period that I was talking about where you can only drive yourself and family members, but you can't drive anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't bring any of my friends down there with me. So I had this like ticket and I just like end up going by myself, like down to Atlanta, which, you know, a 16 year old shouldn't just drive (laughs) into Atlanta by himself. And, um, I don't know. That was super hard. I remember being so angry and there were so many times like that just being so angry. And this is, you know, maybe a little too spiritual for some people, but I felt like I was just having this conversation with God and being like, God, like I'm so mad at my dad. He does not deserve my forgiveness at all. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in that moment, I mean, I've never like heard the you know voice of God or whatever, but I feel like I almost heard a whisper that said, you didn't deserve my forgiveness either. either and I gave it to you anyway. Um, and so I just was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and make the decision to forgive him, even though I can't control what he's doing. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. And wow, that's, that's really powerful stuff there. You know, I, oof, yeah, first of all, you know, driving down to Atlanta by yourself and then, you know, having this internal conflict and talking, you know, as you said, talking to God and, you know, you know, being, being really mad at your father. It's a, uh, yeah, it's amazing. And you, and you forgave him, which was, you know, which, which, which is great. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear that you have that kind of faith and that inner strength that's really helped you through, through those times. So, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when my dad passed away, I, I obviously like awful, but like at the same time I felt peace because I had loved him as best as I knew how for those last five or six years. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I, I don't know. I just cannot imagine 
just regretting, you know, if I just shoved him out of my life and didn't talk to him, I was just angry at him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by this circumstance that he died, that happened. And then just having that um, lack of closure, you know, I can't, again, I can't control him. I couldn't control our relationship necessarily, but I could control how I loved and I forgave him. So. Well, yeah. And could you imagine if you hadn't have done that, the conversation would be having right now. Yeah. Be full of, you know, I wish I would have done this and, and so on. So totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Really good. Well, that was really interesting, Evan. So, you know, thanks very much for giving us that kind of background story and, uh, you know, that, that guidance and that's really inspiring. So, so thanks for that. So, yeah, so for let, sure. let's, let's move on to, um, you know, your, your professional kind of life now. So, um, you know, the question is why, why did you start caffeine marketing? And I have to ask what's behind the name. <laughs> So I started the company under a different name and literally the first day I was like, Oh, I hate this, but I, <laughs> I just needed to get boots on the ground. I feel like for those who are, have started a business or are thinking about starting a business, really you just have to get started and then eventually you'll figure out stuff on the way. Um, it's really easy to just submit a form to the IRS and your state government to change your name. But, um, for me, I sat there for five, probably five or six months and I was just drinking coffee <laughs> one day. <laughs> golly what the heck is the name like what should be the name um and it occurred to me and i was like my gosh entrepreneurs and business owners they're always drinking coffee like we're always like running around with caffeine and we're hustling and so i just thought that was a good fit but i uh i like kind of like i mentioned beforehand um you know my dad was an entrepreneur a business owner more more business owner than entrepreneur um and then my grandfather as well and my grandfather has recently retired and so i thought you know what i can't I can't serve them uh, as much as I love them, you know, for the reasons I mentioned, but I can't help other people like them. And so that's why we pretty much only serve small companies that have like less than 50 employees or doing less than $50 million in revenue a year. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Well, that must be some strong espresso that, um, you know, gave you the name for that one. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent for sure. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, um, how long ago did you start the, um, caffeine marketing? Uh, three years ago and change, I think. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. So, um, so with, with marketing, how, how can you make marketing easy for people to understand? I think it can definitely be intimidating. And I think other people, it's almost like when I think about coding, like the minute somebody says something about coding, my eyes glaze over and I go, Oh, I just <laughs> yeah. don't, I don't care. You know, don't care. don't want to know. I don't want any of my brain space. I'm overwhelmed by whatever you say to me. Like I know there's liquid code, there's CSS and that's all I know. Um, <laughs> and that might even not even be right. But I, I think marketing can be really made simple. If you can break it down into three categories, mm-hmm. you can break it down into a funnel. And this is like an uber simple funnel, which is the first step is brand awareness. The second step is consideration. And the last one is conversion. And the first problem that you're solving in brand awareness is that people will not buy your product or service if they're not aware that you exist. So that's the first problem that you have to solve. The second one with consideration is now that they know that you exist, they're very likely to actually forget that you exist and they forget what problem you solve for them. So you have to continually remind them via follow-up emails, via retargeting ads, um, you know, via follow-up phone calls, whatever. Um, that you are reminding them that you solve that problem for them and that how their lives are going to be better on the other side of working with you. Conversion is the point that we all want. I mean, generally that's when they download a free guide on your website, that's quote a conversion, but really the conversion that we care about is them paying the bill, you know, them paying the invoice 
or them actually buying the product online. And really it's just about making that process as easy as possible. Um, you know, you can have a really great proposal that's kind of conversion optimization as well, but just making it really easy and helping people understand how much value you're going to provide. And they should understand that the value that you provide is going to be greater than the cost of doing business with you. Yeah. You know, the way you just put into those kind of three simple kind of um, areas there, that, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. And it kind of, you know, from, from my point of view, you know, I'm a novice when it comes to marketing, but I can see how these big companies or companies that I, I use quite often kind of get you into that funnel and, you know, down, you know, until you get to that conversion stage. So, uh, yeah, re really interesting there. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's great. And, you know, as you said that when you hear people talk about coding or other things, yeah, my eyes kind of glaze over. I haven't got a clue about it, but yeah, marketing, when you do sit down and think about it, it does, does make sense. So, yeah, um, and I feel like people, they almost like can get, uh, business owners especially, they can get very almost ADD or excited because they heard a hot tip is what <laughs> I call it. You know, oh, I should be doing TikTok ads or YouTube or whatever. But in reality, if you don't understand how that plays into a bigger marketing funnel, you're ultimately going to be wasting money. Oh, uh, that's, you know, that's really good advice then. That kind of follows on to my next question then. So, you know, um, it's about how should people go about marketing? You've, you just mentioned TikTok and different social kind of media uh, avenues out there. So, so what, what should people be doing, do you think? I think the first thing that they need to do is to clarify their messaging and their marketing. All of your marketing should have the same messaging because what you want to do is you want to walk people through an exercise in memorization. And oftentimes people need to hear the same thing seven times or more and actually to be able to internalize it in their own head. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the single easiest thing that people could do without spending a whole lot of money is to get their messaging down and repeat it um, over and over. I really like a process called story brand. I'm a story brand certified guide. And what it does is basically uses the seven principles of story that screenwriters use in order to engage customers into a story so that they want to buy your product or service. Wow. Yeah. I can really see how that works. And, you know, as you said, if you can just get your brand kind of down to kind of simple ways that people understand it and will recognize it, that really will help. And, uh, yeah, I'm just lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office more than once. Actually. Do I have to say, yes, you do in the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark thinking about successful brands out there they've got a simple message you see it everywhere and you know the brands that don't do very well have got kind of mixed messaging and it doesn't really work so um yeah so really interesting so so Evan, kind of digging deeper into your your marketing background um you know obviously you're a guru when it comes to marketing and um you know having the information out there where, where does this stem from did you did you go to, to college for this is it something you just kind of learned on your own uh, I learned it. Actually, I remember the moment I had this guy I was working for 
I really did not like working for him <laughs> at all. And he goes, you know, what? I think that you should run our social media. And I'm thinking you, whatever. I was like, <laughs> I got no business doing that. I don't want to do that. And I found out I was pretty decent at that, but I was really good at the strategy. So ultimately that organization cared about getting people in the building. And so I just was like really good at doing that. And so that's when I discovered I had a knack for marketing was in the strategy side. Um, and then fast forward to, and actually I never got my you know degree. So I left high school and then I went to uh, join an organization called YWAM and did Christian mission work with them. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, I'm in Charlotte. I don't have the degree. I'm in Atlanta. I start caffeine marketing without a degree. And I think one day I was kind of like, you know, it's great. I'm just going to get this thing out of the way. We're just done with it. And so I ended up getting the whole degree in five months just to like, you know, be done with it basically. So, but it's a marketing <laughs> degree. And uh, then I just, a lot of it's on the job. And I feel like you really learn through actual experience and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Wow. So Evan, I think I misheard you. Did you say you got your bachelor's in five months? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. How on earth did you do this? Wow, that's, uh, you know, that takes some dedication there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just kind of had this perspective, not for everybody, but for certain professions. I think a college degree is overrated mm-hmm. um, and not necessary. And I, you know, I was already running a marketing agency. So doing a marketing degree was actually really easy yeah. because I, like even my end project was just my own business plan. So that was like, I don't know two hours of formatting and then handed it over. <laughs> so yeah, it was good, but it was a lot of hard work. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. Like there was, that was tough. I was just exhausted the whole time, but I just wanted to be done with it. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I said something about your, your character there that, you know, you were doing these jobs, you thought, okay, I'm just going to have it to say I've got it, get it over and done with. And, uh, you know, another kind of box ticked. Which yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, no, superb, superb. So, so let's move on from caffeine marketing to caffeine labs. Can you explain to us what caffeine labs are? Yeah, so for the last three years, I've doubled my company's bottom line revenue every year, uh, which oh. is pretty fun. And <laughs> I, I basically lay out the exact steps that I took in my leadership, in my business, and in my, like, my own personal self um, and how to do that. And so I teach people how to do that in caffeine labs. It's an online oh. course. Oh, that's great. So you can, you can practically help these, these new entrepreneurs out there and kind of follow in your footsteps. Yeah. And it really came from a, um, I don't want to say a discovery, but just a realization that, you know, I'm helping these business owners with their marketing, but that gets them like, you know, that gets them in the stadium, you know what I mean? But if they don't have a great yeah. product, they don't take care of themselves. They don't have great leadership then they're not going to be able to scale the company like they want to. No marketing is going to fix that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's really powerful there that, you know, as you said, you could have the best marketing in the world, but you've got to have all the other kind of factors around your business working as strong as your marketing as well, I suppose. So, um, so that's great. So, um, okay, so yeah, the, the Caffeine Labs. And the, where can people find out a little bit more information about the Caffeine Labs? Yeah, the easiest way is just to go to evannox.com. Um, and I know that we've, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but a free, there's a free guide on that website as well on how to build a winning sales funnel. Generally, Caffeine Labs is better for um, not necessarily like a brand new business owner or like startup, more like, you know, you're doing at least $200,000 a year or maybe $100,000 a year and you want to get to like seven figures or close to it. So, Yeah, that, that would be nice. So, um, you know, you, you just touched on it then about, you know, your, your, your guide about how to build a winning sales funnel. So people can download this from the website. 
yeah, they can go to evanknox.com or caffeine.marketing. And it's almost like a Lego kit. And it's going to tell people exactly what to do. It's very plug and play. And it'll help them make the rest of their marketing funnel um, and advertising profitable. Oh, that's great. And I know that our, our listeners out there are going to, you know, really go for that because it's some, you know, some great advice from, you know, someone who knows what they're talking about. And it's, uh, you know, for someone like me, it sounds like it's uh, kind of easy to follow, which, which, is, which is good. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. If, you, if your eyes glaze over a little bit with marketing, you can definitely get through it and then help you grow your company. There you go. <laughs> so, um, Evan, you, you've spoken, um, you, 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 you said about revenue leaks. So, obviously, you must be able to see these revenue leaks as soon as you look at a business. But can you kind of um, describe what, what is a revenue leak? Yeah, so I'm also like a small business investor. So, I'm currently a partner in, I think, in like six companies or so at this point. Wow. And that's, I mean, some people have, you know, add a couple of zeros to that. So I don't think it's any, anything, but um, anyway, so with these companies that like will, will come in or even if we're in the negotiation stage, we'll look at their, their accounting. Right. And what happens is very, very slowly over time, people start adding up expenses and a business owner or a freelancer might go, Oh, well, I can write that off. And maybe they're saving like 30%. Basically, it's like you're buying it on sale. It's not a reason to actually have this expense. Mm-hmm. And what I define as a revenue leak is any expense that does not directly grow your bottom line. And I would suggest a very simple exercise is to take your whole year of expenses, write them, write them, ex- export them probably, <laughs> um, export them and print them out, and then go through and circle each one that does not directly uh, attribute to your bottom line. And then once you've got that whole list of them circled, then I would figure out ways to either trash that expense or trim it. So just get rid of it if you can, or trim that expense. Like bookkeeping um, is a great example. A lot of people way overpay for bookkeeping. And I use a service called Bench, B-E-N-C-H. Um, and it's you know amazing and saves me a ton of time and money because I don't have to hire like an actual uh, you know, Susie at local <laughs> local CPA office, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's that's some really really good advice there. You know, I love the, the trimming trash and you know just to look through what you're spending your money on. And yeah, you know, I fully understand that. You know, some people think, right, I can write off as you said thirty percent of this, so um, you know, I'm, I'm saving that much money. But if you look at, do you need to pay that other, you know, seventy percent? Is it needed? Do you, you know, is that really going to help your bottom line? I, I think that's really, yeah something i've never thought about before and it's just common sense really isn't it i suppose yeah yeah if if you see everything kind of circled on a on a sheet of paper in front of you it's uh it means a lot more yeah i think um i don't know people excuse it away and also they just don't want to look at it um i don't know maybe get a glass of whiskey and just sit down (laughs) and make it happen so yeah definitely i can uh yeah i could say that's a that's a good idea there so, um, so Evan, as, as we kind of, um, when this middle or hopefully coming to the end of this pandemic and, um, with, you know, with lots of people having lots of time at home and, you know, starting new businesses or got these new businesses in their head and, you know, people find this, they're in a entrepreneurship. What advice would you give to our listeners out there who are kind of starting up a new business? It's really funny. I was listening to another podcast with another business owner and he was like, <laughs> He's like, be super sure you want to start a business because it's really hard. Um, <laughs> and it is, but like, I don't know. Like there's, if you, I, okay. If you're the kind of person that sits around and talks about an idea for six months and never acts on it, you're probably not a good entrepreneur. 
because uh, entrepreneurs tend to move very quickly. They tend to be a connector of people and systems and processes. They're very eager and hungry to learn. Um, you know, so I would say I define if you actually want to be a business owner, like just be realistic with yourself, you know, because I think that if you want to would be a number two or even five at a company somewhere, uh, you might be really happy and satisfied that way and make a lot of money, but just make sure business ownership is, is great for you. And then if you can't articulate what problem it is that your product or service solves, I don't know that you should launch. Um, and then also if you can't, uh, actually have, I would suggest this is not can't, this would be my suggestion. If you can get paying customers before you start ramping up expenses, that would be the ideal way to do it. I don't like raising money. Um, you know, I do some like investing, but I, I don't know. I like a company that's already profitable and doesn't need my money. Just we can use the money to scale it. If that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's some really great guidance there. And, uh, you know, I love that you said that if you've been sitting around for six months talking about it, this is what I'm going to do and you haven't done it yet, then maybe that is a, a sign and, uh, and obviously having the right idea and whether you can, you know, make money of it straight away rather than, as you said, kind of, um, getting people to invest is, is a big one. So yeah, really great advice, sir, Evan. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, let's move on to, to leadership. You, you've, um, you, 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 um, you said about leadership before in um, one of our previous questions. So what kind of um, qualities, what, what are the key qualities of a, of, a, of a great leader in your opinion? I think empathy is probably um, the easiest thing, uh, or not easiest, but like the most important. And what I mean by that is not necessarily like, hey, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. I feel bad for you. You know, like that's more sympathy than empathy anyway. But like, I'm more so talking about how are people experiencing you and how do your decisions affect other people? And if you decide to do something, how's that making people in your organization feel or affect them? Like, for example, I've got a contractor um, and we were like, Hey, come to our lunch or whatever. And they're an hourly contractor. I thought for a split second, this person probably is going to wonder if they're going to get paid to go to lunch. Like, you know, yeah, hourly yeah. can they charge it? <laughs> and instead of just going, Oh, whatever. And just not dealing with it. I thought, no, I'm going to go ahead and just text them. Just say, hey, by the way, um, this is paid if you want to like count these as hours. Um, so I don't know. I think it's like little things like that that earn people's trust. And I think vision obviously is really important. And, you know, tying to a bigger meaning than just like sales is really important. But I think that all comes from empathy. And if you can understand empathy, I think you're going to be way better off. Yeah, I think that's a really good one there, you know, and I'm just thinking about people I've worked for in the past and who've showed empathy and uh, who haven't. And uh, yeah, definitely. I know which ones I'd prefer to work with and for. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, talking about that contractor, did you, have you worked with him again? Is he, has he been great for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that one was a she. And yeah, she's, oh, she's still with us. She's doing great. Oh, that's fantastic. It says it all, doesn't it? You know, just a little bit of empathy there. And mm. um, yeah, you know, you get it back in, in, in space, really. Fantastic. Yeah. Would have been bad if you were like, how's it going? I'm like, well, it didn't turn out great. <laughs> exactly. I was hoping you were going to say, uh, yeah, the, the positive side of that one then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Great, great. So, um, you know, in our previous question, you said about, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, if you're not an entrepreneur, maybe you're happy in, in your job and, you know, making this, this money and everything's fine. But, you know, what are some practical ways you know of that can grow your influence when you are at work? Yeah. So let's imagine that you are, uh, you know, C-suite or an employee or whatever um, at a company. From my experience, both being an employee and also leading other people, I think there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, I think the first one is you have to be faithful 
So whenever people give you things or you say you're going to do something, I think that you should follow through. And I mean, that kind of continues my second point, which is ownership and really owning projects and things and seeing them to their outcome and taking it really personally. Because if you can be faithful with what people have given you and you can have a high level of ownership, they're going to want to hand you more responsibility and more um, opportunities. Then the next two I would say is humility because I don't think anybody wants um, that person in, in their office or they don't trust that person. They just think they're all that in a bag of chips. Um, I'm, I think confidence, you can have confidence and humility. It's kind of tricky. And I'm not saying that I've mastered that. I would say I for sure haven't. I'm still working on that. But um, the last one is probably my hack to influence, if you will. And it comes from if you're able to actually articulate what problem is a group experiencing and how to solve it. So if you can come into a meeting and go, all right, guys, I know we're wondering why Q3 revenue is down. I totally understand that. Here's what I think is the problem. And here's how I think that we should move forward with this. Even if you're just like the lowest on the total poll employee, if you can bring clarity into a situation, people are going to like, even if you can clarify what it is the problem is, um, people are going to look to you as the guide in that scenario to, for a solution. Yeah, and that, that totally makes sense. That's, you know, as you, as you said there about being proactive and coming up with the, with the ways you can, you can solve these problems. I think that's um, they're really influential words there. And uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to help our, our listeners out there, you know, if they want to kind of get that promotion or get noticed by their boss. So I think that's uh, some really good advice there. Thank you for that, Evan. Yeah, for sure. No problem. No problem. Okay, so as we start to, to wind up now, um, you know, Evan, you go, you've given us some great information today, some really good guidance. And, you know, I know people can find out a lot more on your website, which we will talk about in a minute. But before we, before we finish, are there any kind of final words of wisdom you'd like to give our audience out there? I think for me, the thing that's most settling is this idea of what matters 100 years from now. Um, there's a lot that's going on in this world right now. And I'm not saying that certain stuff matters and certain stuff doesn't because that definition is different for each one of us. Um, you know, like some people might more, might be more engaged in social justice issues than others. Um, my people, some people might be more engaged with like finding a vaccine. I don't know. I'm just throwing out random important things. But the question that I like to ask myself is, does this matter a hundred years from now? Because if I get caught up in a, a proposal or a, um, you know, a contractor that didn't do something when they're supposed to do it. I can definitely be frustrated in that moment or scared or anxious, but if I can go, all right, does this really matter a hundred years from now? Probably not. Not really a big deal. Um, and then I think about the things that do matter to me. Like generally it's like my family, my faith, my relationships with my friends, um, stuff like that. It's really settling. Yeah. I think that's great advice there. And, um, yeah, as you said, you know, we, we can get kind of trapped up into the small things. And as you mentioned, lots of things going on in the world at the moment. But yeah, if you kind of had that, you know, that kind of bigger vision, you know, what's going to really affect, you know, my life. And, you know, as you said, in 100 years time, I think that's some really good advice there. So, so thanks for that, Evan. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Okay, so, um, you know, again, can, can you just um, remind our, our listeners out there, where, where can we find you online? Do you have social media? Well, of course you have social media. Where can we find you on social media? <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, <laughs> you can go to Instagram, it's probably where I'm the most active or LinkedIn, but it's just Evan B. Knox is my handle on Instagram. Um, or you can just look up Evan Knox on LinkedIn. You'll find me there. But my website is caffeine.marketing. No.com, just caffeine.marketing or evannox.com. And I would love to talk to you.
That's fantastic. I'm sure our, our listeners out there will be, uh, will be in contact with you and, um, you know, following you and, uh, and, you know, downloading that, that guide uh, from the website, which would be great. Yeah, okay. that'd be great. Yeah, perfect. So, um, you know, all of our, um, all the links will be on our show notes at the bottom of the podcast so people can find, um, you know, additional information there. But, um, Evan, you know, thank you for joining us here today. And, um, you know, it's, it's been great hearing everything um, you've, you've told us. It's been, it's been really interesting. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. So um, if you could just hold the line as I close out, that would be great. Yep. But um, ladies and gentlemen out there, okay, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, please share this with friends, with families, co-workers, people you feel will, will get something from this, uh, from this podcast um, and benefit from the transformational wisdom of, of um, Evan Knox here. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Look for us on our new IG account. We are the uh, Transform You live show, the letter U. This has been the Transform You live show, the only show where you can make real life and business transformation. Again, my name is Paul Greaves, and we are done and dusted. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 